You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your somewhat daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And um, I'm, I'm, yeah, this is going to be a busy day. Um, first of three episodes today, because we, we took a little break over the All-Star festivities, because that's what everyone else did, especially during the All-Star game. So we are coming at you with a trio of linked up podcasts. First one is this one is going to be looking at who the Blue Jays MVPs and LVPs are from the batting standpoint, like players in the field. Next one's going to look at the pitchers. And then the last one's going to be Fan Friday. That's your MVP, LVPs. And then we'll have a bit of a preview of the Yankees series. So a lot coming at you today. So let's just jump right into it, I guess. So we're going to start with the batters. I've named three most valuable players on each side of the ball and then one least valuable player. And there were, there were plenty to choose from for both categories. So let's just, again, get right into it with the number three most valuable player for the Blue Jays on on offense. I I'm not including fielding as much, but we can we can kind of include fielding as well. I don't think it'll make much of a difference. Um, let's start with some honorable mentions, and there are honorable mentions to be had. Um, let's start with one I don't think people thought would be an honorable mention given all the fanfare, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, eight home runs in 61 games so far. That's less than 10% of what he hit during the home run derby. It's batting 249, but he's getting on base. He's, he's still looking for those extra base hits, and we'll see if the home run derby helped him out with that. But, um, yeah, just not really up to the point where we want him so far. Um, honorable mention to Rowdy Telez, 14 home runs, 40 RBIs, a consistent power threat from the left side of the plate, which is something the Blue Jays have been looking for forever. Knees not getting on base nearly enough, but the slugging is good. So Rowdy is doing what he needs to do. And also honorable mention to Kevin Biggio, the bizarro Rowdy Telez. Um, six home runs, an on-base of 362, which is a big stat, and 26 walks against 42 strikeouts for a rookie is pretty good. I I will take that. I will take the high on-base. Kevin is setting himself up to be a solid leadoff hitter, number two hitter in the future for the Blue Jays. So there's the honorable mentions there. Our number three most valuable batter for the Blue Jays this season. Um, the big offseason acquisition 
for the Blue Jays. Freddie Galvis at short. He's played in the most games for the Blue Jays this season. He's been in 86 of them heading into the break. He's he's had a kind of donut-shaped first half. There was that point in May and June when he really struggled and he looked like the guy who, who just strikes out a lot. And, you know, Freddie does strike out a lot. He's got 81 strikeouts against 19 walks this season. Freddie Galvis is not a very selective batter at the plate. Kind of like Yan Harris Salarte last year, where he differs from Yan Harris Salarte is Freddie Galvis can actually hit the ball and hit it consistently and use his speed to create hits instead of, you know, just loping down the first baseline. Um, Freddie's batting 270, one of the top averages on the team. Um, 15 home runs, 44 RBIs. He's easily going to crack 20. Um, so he's well on pace to set a new career high in home runs. And the defense has been really good as well um, when it comes to what he's done in the field, kind of solidifying that shortstop position, which, again, the Blue Jays didn't really have that going for them last year. Yeah, they had a Miss Diaz playing there at times, but um, with the continual shifting around, there was no way anyone could really get set there. So what Freddie Galvis has done is essentially galvanize that position for the Blue Jays and made it so they don't have to play Lourdes Goriel at short and they don't have to use Gio or Shellas or Gifton Gopes or anything like that. It, it's just been been nice to have that kind of security in the middle of the infield and steady Freddie has given that every time. So very pleased with his production for what the blue Jays paid for him. So Freddie earns the number three slot on our most valuable players list. Now, before we go to, um, to the top two, this is where we're going to do the least valuable player for the Blue Jays. And there were some obvious choices. Um, if we want to go over a full season, um, Teoscar Hernandez and his 204 batting average would be near the top of that. For for a league that's getting juiced in, in home runs, like, like, did anyone have Teoscar Hernandez hitting the same amount of home runs as Danny Jansen at this point in the season? No, they expected Teoscar to hit, like, double that. It's just not coming with him. The The strikeout-to-walk to ratio is just like Freddy's, just without any semblance of the ability to get on base with the bat. And that sucks, because Teoscar has some plus speed. So if he can get on, he has a chance to create things for the Blue Jays. He just doesn't get on. So that's been disappointing. Um, Alan Hansen. Everyone remembers Alan Hansen, who had seven hits in 18 games for the Blue Jays and a 163 batting average and is now down in Buffalo and he will probably be down there for a while. Um... You can even throw Kevin Pillar in for his five games when he hit. Oh, he had one, one hit in 16 at bats for the Blue Jays this season, but he's doing a lot better in San Francisco. So obviously not Kevin Pillar, 
but there was a a very clear-cut choice for least valuable player from a batting perspective. And it's a name that strikes fear in the hearts of Blue Jays fans forever. A guy who somehow put up a negative OPS plus in his time. His OPS in total was 291, which doesn't even make a, a, it barely makes a decent batting average, let alone combining your batting and, and your on base and your slugging. It was that bad. So congratulations are in order to the philosopher Socrates Brito for earning least valuable player honors for the first half of 2019. Your 077 batting average will not be forgotten. Your your inability to even get on base when necessary will will live on. But hey, at least he hit a triple for the Blue Jays. That's that's something. I guess he had enough wheels to do that the one time he was able to make contact. Socrates is really hitting well in AAA, but that's that's what he is. He's a AAA outfielder. So and enjoy your stay in Buffalo, Socrates, and hopefully you won't be necessary for the rest of the season. So we will have our top two choices for most valuable batter after this but just a reminder if your company wants to reach a unique audience then your company's ads should be running in this spot right here on this podcast so to get your company connected with this audience email at neoac18 at gmail.com or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So I I think that a lot of people actually kind of already know what order um, these, these uh, most valuable batters are going. There are only really three. I mean... Justin Smoke's fallen off. Randall Gritchick's fallen off. There's not many it could be, but we we do have to put them in order. Our number two is the best offseason signing that the Blue Jays made and definitely was not on the radar for that uh, distinction. But just what he's been able to do in his time with the Blue Jays, giving them a leadoff bat, the likes of which we haven't seen in a couple years and just providing the veteran leadership that Marcus Stroman was so concerned about in earlier in the season and, and just proving like, it's like having an extra manager in a clubhouse with his smarts and his ability to understand the game. And we are talking about nerd power, Eric Sogard, the number two most valuable player for the 2019 Blue Jays in the first half and that sentence tells you everything you need to know about the 2019 Blue Jays but Eric Sogard has already set a career high in home runs with nine which is one more than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Teoscar Hernandez um his 294 batting average is is great his on-base percentage of 364 leads the team 
And again, it's, it's the little things that he does. The way Sogard is able to extend an at-bat, and especially as a leadoff guy, when you hang 10 pitches on a pitcher right off the bat, that makes things so much easier for the rest of the team because he's already starting to feel gassed. And Sogard is so good at working pitchers like that. He's great at, at hitting for contact, which a lot of Blue Jays need to learn how to do that. And and again, you, you see him in the dugout, like, going down the line, sharing his knowledge with all all those batters. I think I think back to that game against Anaheim when when Jose Suarez was on the mound and Sogard went up and faced him first and just down the line he's like, "All right, Suarez is throwing changeups. This is how you know he's throwing a changeup, so just go to town on him." And the Blue Jays went to town on him. So I I've been very impressed. I I like many kind of kind of like okay Eric Sogard good minor league depth piece we'll see if he actually gets some run with the team but what he has been able to do has surpassed basically everyone's expectations and he has become the latest middle infielder to earn um to earn a place in Blue Jays fans hearts and we thank him for that so Eric Sogard number two I, I'm going to be honest, I I don't think it's any surprise who the number one MVP for the Blue Jays is, even if they've only appeared in uh, about two-thirds of the game so far because of a, a necessary stint in AAA, just kind of recalibrate and refigure themselves and just just basically come up and turn into Mike Trout because that's what Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has done. He is the Blue Jays' most valuable player from a batting perspective in tw- in the 2019 first half. What he's done is insane. Um, when he was sent down to Buffalo, like, like he was the poster child for the hand wringing that was going on throughout the Blue Jays fan base, like like of all the players who needed to take steps forward for the Blue Jays, Lourdes Gurriel was at the at the forefront of that. He was batting 175, um, had no home runs, seven RBIs. He had a modest four game hit streak before he was sent down, but. He, he wasn't able to make any solid plays at second base. And that was the bigger thing as well, because people had kind of penciled in Lourdes for an infield slot, which went a little counterintuitive to what he was able to do when he was in Cuba, when the Blue Jays signed him to that seven-year deal. So Lourdes goes down to Buffalo, recalibrates as an outfielder, comes up, and since then has raised his batting average 128 points since then. Headed into the break, batting 303. Um, he's up to 16 home runs, all since May 24th. 37 RBIs, leads the team in OPS at 981, which is 
again, it it's just on such a different plane of existence. He had a run of six straight games where he had multiple hits. Um, he had four home runs in two games in late June. Just, it's hard to imagine what the Blue Jays' offense would be without Lourdes Gurriel Jr. providing what he has over the past month. It's and and it's played a part in the resurgence of that Blue Jays offense as well. There's been a noticeable difference um, with the changes that the Blue Jays have made since like the beginning of the season when it was so abjectly horrible, when the Blue Jays could not score to save their lives. And you started to see that trend when Sogard got promoted, when Lourdes came back up, even Teoscar, when he initially came back, he had a little bit of a, a dead cat bounce, so to speak. But Lourdes has been the key to all of that. And more importantly, he's given the Blue Jays hope that that maybe that top half of the lineup is set in stone. Because you can go um, Biggio, Bichette, Guriel, Guerrero, and that will strike fear in the hearts and minds of pitchers in the American League for years to come, as long as the Blue Jays can keep that intact. And then you just have to fill it out, whether it's Telez, um, Jansen, Grichuk, I guess, since he signed a five-year deal, but he can, you know, bat seven for something. But just, just having that at the top of the lineup is going to satisfy a lot of Blue Jays fans. And that's going to that's gonna be the biggest thing, to see that continued growth. Hopefully, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can take his home run derby performance and apply that going forward, and maybe he will make the top three at the end of the year. But until then, it's, it's all about the middle infield and the guy who was supposed to play middle infield for the Blue Jays this season. So that is our list. Thank you all for listening. Um, Just a reminder, two more episodes coming today. So if you want more and want to make sure you don't miss out on them, subscribe to the podcast. It's Locked on Blue Jays. It's on every single platform you can think of. um, iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya. I almost said Instagram. I'm sure Instagram will come out with a podcast network at some point. You'll catch it there too. So um, no worries on all that. Um, Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. And follow the podcast at LockedOnJays to make sure, again, you don't miss an episode. Coming at you with another one very quickly. So... For everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.